You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more. Hi there, it's Gina Gardner, and I'm your host on Passionate World Radio today. I'm joined by Rachel Davidson, and today we're going to look at the theme of listening. Now, before I start a little about us, I'm an international best-selling author, as is Rachel, um, and in, and I'm an empowerment and a relationship coach and a leadership trainer. One of the things that we want to talk with you today is about listening. It's an incredibly underrated skill. When I'm doing talks and, and doing workshops, one of the things that I will often say to people when we're looking at communication is we have two ears and one mouth for a very, very good reason. Yes. And that we should be listening twice as much as we talk. Yes. But actually, people think they're listening, mm -hmm. but the reality is that they're going through the motions yes. and they're not truly listening. No, I think it's true that a lot of people when listening are merely trying to formulate their, what they want to say, what their opinion is, and they're waiting for a sufficient pause in this stream of conversation that they're having with the other person. They're waiting for a sufficient gap to be able to shove their opinion in. I think that's <laughs> very true. I was um, interviewing with one of my business clients a few weeks ago, uh -huh. and one of the things that struck me is how often people who are not experienced at interviewing will ask the question but they're then busy preparing the next question yes and so when you're having a discussion afterwards about the answers yes they've not taken the answers in no and I can remember going on a course very early on in my career where actually many of the people who were involved were very experienced interviewers mm. and we were videoed that um, we had actors who were playing the part of the candidates. Yes. And we were videoed in terms of how we interacted with that candidate. Uh -huh. And I was fascinated. It was a really salutary lesson because people who had been interviewing for many years actually were taken in by the tone uh -huh. and how the stream of language um, was seamless. Mm when actually what the actors said was a load of rubbish. Yes. There yes. was no substance to it because it sounded good. Yes. And because people weren't actively listening, yes. they were taken in by it. Yes, yeah. I think that's very true. And, I mean, you and I have both been interviewed because of um, uh, our books. And it, it's very... Being on the end of an interviewer who's not listening to the your, your responses to their last question, who, who doesn't take you through an obvious flow... Uh, can be very difficult. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and it really, it really shows the skill of of people like, um, well, I mean, you know, Letterman in the in the US and uh, Parkinson in in the UK of people who are consummate interviewers. Yes. Who are able to you know, deal with complex subjects that the that the guests are talking about, and and make it seem totally natural, like it's just a conversation. Yes. When when in fact they're having to really listen and juggle. And take out the nuance of what's being said and the, the essence very often. Yes, yes. I think the relationship between listening and talking is, is incredibly mm. complex. 
because so many people when they are are talking mm. they've not actually formulated what they want to say before they start oh, i think that's really true for lots of people that we often say that in this sort of you know thoughts lead to words lead to actions and but but it's not a linear process between the thoughts and words i think a lot of people myself included begin to talk begin to verbalize an idea that's forming so and in talking they are thinking and so what's coming out of their mouth isn't necessarily the, the final point, the final conclusion about what, what they believe in, what their feelings are about no. something. It's, it's sort of it's meandering along the way. And actually, yeah. if you look at the analogy, meandering in a stream, yeah. it works very well, doesn't yes. it? Yes. When actually, what, very often what you need is more of a Roman road, mm. is to get there straight away. But very few people's brains work in, in such yes. a, a logical and... Um, and sort of pre-prepared fashion. And I think when they do, there is a, a loss of the richness. Yes. Going back to listening, I think many people have a preconceived idea of what they're going to hear. It goes mm. back to that habitual thing. Yeah. I'm expecting somebody to say this. So yeah. whatever they say is actually immaterial. Yes. What I hear is what I expect to hear, rather yes. than what is actively being said. Yes. And I think that works both ways, that we will often go into a very habitual way of talking. Yes. Which then, you know, this dance between what you expect and what is the reality mm. is not always the same, isn't it? No. And I was, um, I was reading a book recently whose um, one of his main advice pieces was um, always assume that the person you're talking to knows something more than about something than you do. That's so an interesting Always one. start with that sense of curiosity about what yeah. this other human being's experiences are and what, what they have to teach you. Yes. And and it did strike me that um, as part of the job of becoming a better listener, having that as your first sort of uh, default setting yes. is probably a very good first step to being a better listener. I mean, active listening, I think, is a very high-level skill. Yes, yeah, I would agree. I, I'm, um, I have been trying to get better at listening my whole life, and I've still got a long, long way to go. I feel. To, to I be suspect really it's good. a life, a lifetime I think it is. journey. But I think if you are, if you are in a, a within a team, for example, um, I think we need to perhaps separate this out. Going back to looking at things, you know, within a, a work setting, yeah. within a home setting, as a team, as a partnership, as an individual. Because yeah. I think they've all got different nuances. Yes. So if you think about, if you're in a position of authority, if you're a boss, if all of the communication is one way from you down, you just expect people to listen, mm. I think you're missing a huge level of richness mm. because in your listening to what your people say mm. and what they don't say, because listening mm. is as much about the absence of what's said yes. as well as what is said. Yes. Um, there's a huge amount that you can learn which will make you a better leader and make your organisation or your team a better mm. team. Mm. And so sometimes it's about learning to sit on your tongue yeah. and be prepared to sit with silence because I think so many of us are very uncomfortable about the space that is left by silence. Yes, and in actual fact, silence can be a very, very strong, powerful tool to just allow insufficient space for something else to arrive. Yes. <laughs> and I'm reminded, you know, when I'm talking to 
um, to leaders about effective delegation mm-hmm. and their their sense that um, they have to orchestrate the whole thing. Now, of course, yeah. it depends on the other person's level of yeah. of understanding and experience. Yes. But one of the things that I suggest to people who are delegating is that you explain what you want to be done and then you ask the person to tell you that back. Yes. And in the telling of it back and you listening to that, yes. you've got a much better idea whether the, what you've said has been received in exactly the way you have anticipated yeah. or whether something else has been understood. Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent way, isn't it, of proving that you're listening too, because um, you can um, repeat back to somebody w- what you've heard. And I know that um, therapists and psychologists use that technique a lot to sort of coalesce the point that is trying to be made by their patient. And it's useful also for memory, isn't it? Yes. Because the more you refine and repeat something, the, the more the neurons in the bar- in the brain start to actually um, you know, fix. So... What I would say, though, is be mindful that because somebody polyparrots something back to you uh, yeah. doesn't mean that they understand it. No. <laughs> so by asking subsidiary point. questions yeah. uh, around, you know, what does that mean? How will you approach it? What will your first step be? Yes, yes. You can actually then find out whether that person has heard or truly listened. Yes. And I, th- I think there's a, a, a fundamental difference between... Yes. Uh, between the two. Yes. The other thing I would say is that that technique works well with children and it works well with partners. It's not say? just at work. Yeah. But let me take it into a different context where you want to hold people to account. Right. And many um, managers and leaders find that really challenging to do. Yeah. They leave things until they get too bad and then they lose their temper yeah. rather than. dealing with the situation early on and one really good technique is to ask people about what they the performance that the person who's involved has um what they think of their performance right and then to stop to be quiet to listen and to listen because you get a much better idea then than just telling the person that what they're doing isn't good enough yeah um and that listening to the silences and the nuance of that silence, yeah. you become attuned with whether that silence is somebody thinking or somebody thinking, I haven't got a clue, yeah. not a scooby of what I'm supposed to yeah. be doing, yeah. whether they're resentful, whether they're angry, whether they are under pressure. Yeah. Silences can be incredibly powerful Yes, if you allow yourself to listen to them. Yes. I think there is also a power in terms of silence, which I, I'll talk about later in terms of listening to your yourself and your inner, inner you. Mm, yeah. Actively listening is actually hard work. I, I really think it is. I think I really think it is because it's so difficult to turn off your own opinions, your own even when you're really curious about something. Actually, I often find that my brain is is sort of ticking along supposedly listening to the person but I'm thinking but why do you think that where are you going with that why, why would you take that approach and um and then I'm coming up with oh I wouldn't do that <laughs> type comments in my head and it's really hard actually to just quieten those and to wait and to see if the answers come yeah. because the temptation is to 
to try to fix, to try to control, to give advice, yes. isn't it? And, and I think adding to that, we've often got a preconceived idea of what the answer should be. Yes. So instead of being open and curious about what ideas people are coming up with, yes. they're already being closed down before they've finished speaking. Yes. And I think it's really important both as a team member, a family member, or if you're the, the, the leader of whichever group, yeah. to have that openness. Yeah. You know, they often um, talk about, you know, no idea is, is a bad idea. Yeah. Because if you allow there to be the, you know, the absurd ideas, yeah. out of those often then comes a series of other ideas that get refined yeah. And you get something that's been triggered by yeah. something that's apparently absurd or yeah. not suitable, yeah. which then becomes the real thing that's going to make the difference. You see, I think that's that's in where the tension and the paradox lies, because I think we all understand that if we really listen to other people, then we understand that we run the risk of being fundamentally changed ourselves. Ooh, and that's that's scary. a really interesting principle. Uh, I, I, really I think that. there's a lot in that. Yeah, and so I think people act first in order to shut it down or to prevent the com prevent the listening taking them somewhere that they feel they might not be ready for yet. Yeah. yeah. So they they interrupt. They put the advice in, and they do. They they do control it because in speaking you are in control, and in listening you you are well. Okay, you know it's a less it's a less obvious. Um, Overt control, isn't it? Well, it's a perception. Yeah. Because actually, yeah. if you're truly listening, then I think you have probably the greatest level of control. Yeah. In the sense that when you actually actively listen and you are open to what is being said, yeah. then you've got the freedom of choice. Yes. If you have a preconceived or fixed idea, yeah. then actually you're being controlled by your, your habitual thoughts yes. and no there's no freedom in that. No. And and I think if you take some of the extreme people, characters um of the world, um I don't know, pick one at random, let's say Trump, Donald Trump, fairly extreme, yeah, slightly a the UK would say a Marmite kind of figure. I think you either love him or you hate him. Um, as per the Marmite spread, and um, and I know that I would struggle to really listen to him, <laughs> but because of all my preconceptions, because yeah. of all of my habitual thinking, because of my val well, what I perceive to be my values, which are against his values, but it would be a really good exercise to be sat in a room and have to listen to the human being that is Donald Trump. But isn't that also true when one culture or one religion? Yes. Um, is being asked to listen to the other side. Yes, that very all much. of those preconceived um, uh, thoughts about what's right and wrong, whether that person has humanity or not, whether their values are similar. Yes, um, that being open to let's look for what are the similarities, what are yeah. the points where yeah. we can agree, yeah. rather than the listening being of the type which is. I know I don't agree, yeah. I don't like you, yeah. I have nothing in common with you, yes. therefore I'm not going to actually um, allow there to be any yeah. points of, yeah. of communal reference. Yeah, because I mean, we use words like doctrine, don't we, and, and ideologies and, um, and, and these things, but I mean, they all boil down to um, habits that we have been taught, um, you know, beliefs that we have been yeah. given. 
and um, and I think it can you know it can be very very hard for people to be in a position where if they really listen they will find commonality with doctrines that are on the face of it completely against work that they stand for yes. and I think in that that's the stress of why human beings find it hard to listen because you might find out something new about something that you thought you understood and something new about yourself yeah which makes you vulnerable yes and I believe that for every activity our unconscious mind is looking to how do we keep ourselves safe yes and safe in the terms of familiar yes. rather than the reality of being safe yes because in many ways the familiar is not keeping us safe at the moment yeah yeah. We need to do things in a very different way, don't we, yes. in order to be truly safe. Yes. And that will only come with agreement, Yeah, with yeah. people looking for the similarities and being able to have a difference of opinion. Yeah. Don't all have to believe the same. That is not what I'm saying at all. No, no, no. But to be comfortable with difference. Yes, and that does take courage. And that does mean, that from the derivation of courage, about it means about heart. And it does mean about being open-minded and open-hearted to the possibility of that this other human being may have something to teach you. Yes. <laughs> One of the other things I think that in our modern day world that we are so unfamiliar and uncomfortable with mm. is silence. Yeah. So at an individual level, I want, you know, as a listener, think about how often in any given day do you spend time in total silence? Very, very few times sleep. <laughs> but even then, for many people, that voice in their head is filling the space. Yes, oh yes. So if yeah. you take not only the external noise, but the internal chatter that mm. goes on in our heads, mm. it's only rarely that most people actually give themselves the opportunity to actually be still. Yeah. And I think in modern days, that's got worse, that's got bigger, because by the time you include the television, the radio, the computer, computer games, you know, all of the electronic noises, you can't go to anywhere these days unless you're out in the wilderness without hearing somebody's mobile phone. That mm. um, we are used to that noise, mm. which in the end becomes white noise. Yeah. It just fills the space. And I think one of the things that happens is that it gets in the way of our communing with ourselves. Yes. That we agree. have far less opportunity, most of us, mm. to actually sit with ourselves. Yes. And I think it's a deliberate but unconscious ploy. Yeah. Because in that noise... We don't have to think. Yeah. We don't have to be with ourselves. Yeah. And I, I believe many people are using that noise to try and still that voice in their head. Yes. When actually sitting with that voice in their head and understanding where it's coming from and challenging it. Yes. And sometimes just telling it to shut up. <laughs> yes. Um, would actually be more productive. Yes, I think it's true that... Um... Um, I mean, you know, meditation is a fantastic discipline, um, and and I think the people who are able to practice it and to get really, really good about stilling their mind have um, massive 
advantage and, and you know definitely spiritual advantage in that um, in that they come to a deeper understanding of themselves and their place in the universe and their purpose um, and there's been an enormous amount of research now even just 10 minutes a couple of times a day mm. where you are still and quiet um have an a, a very positive impact on your sense of well-being, your capacity to um, make judgments, to think, to yeah. solve problems. Yeah. Your um, all of your hormone stress hormones get reduced. Yeah. But I would just challenge the conventional idea is that you know you have to meditate and you have to sit and feet on the floor and yep. you know hands in your lap. Yep. But actually, for me, I, I struggle with uh, hugely. Um, that's that's been one of my big struggles is to sit and do that yes so for me my quiet times are more often than not when I'm in the garden yes when I'm at one with nature when yes. I'm getting my hands in the soil yes and for others I think it'll be when they go for a walk or they go for a run or even in the shower yes, yes. which I know perhaps isn't silent in the sense you can hear the water running mm. but it's in that place of no white yeah. noise in your head yes and I think you know for who whoever you are it's about how you find a quiet time yes. in your day and what yes. works for you and I would say be really really curious yes experiment and yeah. find out what works yeah definitely yeah and I know that other people call it you know being in the zone or you know that that kind of um mental frequency where you're slowing down and and you slightly lose track of time because you're you know just not thinking or you you are not aware of not consciously thinking. Yeah. thinking yeah and and I would agree that I find that gardening is is um, a turn off thing for me that in that um, I I don't process about work I don't process about the jobs that I've got to do um, I I don't really think about sort of the practical bits of running the household I'm just focused on. In the moment, um, yeah, on the soil in front of me, yeah, and the plants that are that are, that I'm I'm hopefully helping along in my garden, um, yeah. Versus the the more traditional when I when I'm doing yoga and we do a meditation at the end of yoga, um, which is is lovely. And having done yoga prior to it, my my um, mind is is more ready for it. But even then, when I'm lying still, and she's guiding us through, you know, little thoughts keep popping in. And um, and you have to work very actively to say no no you're a thought <laughs> you're a thought <laughs> let it pass yeah let it so go so I would agree with you that often it's about finding an activity that is allows you just to get into that zone yeah um, and that and then working your way into a more traditional form of meditation possibly. and I think there's no right or wrong no. it's finding what works for you yes and yes. being prepared to give things a try you know trying it once isn't enough you've yeah. got to give it a fair crack of the whip in yes. order to know whether it's going to work for you yes yes when we are that quiet I think what we give ourselves is the opportunity to listen to our inner wisdom yeah and I think in modern day times you know some people would call that intuition mm -hmm. other people would call that talking to my wise self mm -hmm. um but I think we miss out on that because there is so much frenetic activity and noise. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you are involved in a very, very busy life, be careful that you don't lose out on 
the amazing opportunity to tune into your intuition, to your spirituality. Yeah. We are all spiritual beings on a spiritual journey. Yes. And whilst I don't want to get all pink and fluffy about this, because I do think <laughs> that actually it's anything but pink and fluffy. No. It's not about, for, well, for me, it's not about scented candles and, and mm. you know, fluffy clouds. Mm. It is about recognising that we have a wisdom that we yeah. can tune into. Yeah. How often do people have a gut feeling about something and just ignore it and then yeah. regret it later? Yes. How often do we experience synchronicities and think it's just a coincidence? Yeah. When when you tune into what is it that's right for you? Yes. And give yourself that opportunity to clear your head of all of the the extraneous chatter that goes on yes. and your to-do list yes. and your regret list yeah. and your worry list, regret yeah. about the past and worry about the future yeah. and just be in the now because yeah. actually that's all we've got Yep. because really in another is. minute, that minute will have gone, won't it? Yes, yes. And just concentrate on, you know, just how are you feeling? Yes. Scan your body imagine you're a scanning machine and scan your body where are the tensions yeah how do they feel what's at the at the root of those yes concentrate on you know a different part of your body your throat for example mm. and ask yourself the question have i been speaking my truth mm. how often have i let other people mm. um make me feel that what i have to say is less important mm. and if that I want to confront the issue, not be confrontational, mm. or tune into your heart area yeah. and think, you know, what are the things that I love? What are the things that are important to me? Yeah. Have I told the people I love that I care about them today? Yes. And can I just send them the intention of, I love you? Yes. Because, again, they've been d doing lots of research about intentions and the power of intention yeah and perhaps that's a, a, a subject for another show oh, yeah we should do that <laughs> but in that quiet in that allowing yourself to be in the moment yeah your wisdom your inner self will have the opportunity i, I really believe that too I, I really believe that um you have you have the power to uh, really effectively stop time if you get really good about being in the present moment. And if you are able to slow things down like that, then life becomes, well, definitely becomes less frenetic because you're in the moment and you're able to assess and you're able to assess and, and listen and be calm and um, everything just feels much more like it's in the flow and you'll be connected to a life's, you know, the purpose, the purpose that you're put here to do. And um, and decisions will become easier if you're able to achieve that state yeah. on a regular basis. And I think the regular basis is the important thing. It's, you know, doing it it's, once it's and expecting it to, to just happen. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to. No, it's, it's, it's like any form of exercise and discipline and um, knowledge seeking. It, it, you have to work at it. You have to work at it in order for it to not become work. Yes. What I'd like to do in the last two or three minutes of our show today is to just take us back to active listening and how 
we can mm-hmm. learn to do it. And there's a few tips that I think that are worth listening to. Mm-hmm. One of them is that if you're listening to a conversation that you, is really important and that you're finding it hard to concentrate, yeah. is in your head, as people are talking, repeat what they say in your head. Mm-hmm. Listening and repeating as you go. And again, that's a, a technique that you can um, practice and learn. Mm. That allowing the other person to feel that they're being listened to is really important. And yeah. that can be done by eye contact. Mm. Your body language is incredibly important. Yeah. Um, nodding when you agree. Um, asking a question. So, you know, I believe this is what you mean. Can yes. I just clarify that? Yes. Or summarising... You know, just to, to summarise, so I've got it, you know, I know that I've got it right. What I think you're saying to me is, yeah. what I believe you mean is, yeah. um, asking yourself what's at the essence of what they're saying mm. and being prepared to just shush yes. <laughs> and allow that person free vein. Yes. Another thing, particularly I think in um, a situation where you're with people that you know well, be conscious about listening mm. and set the intention that you will hear them out before mm. you answer. Yeah. Allow them to finish what they've got to say yeah. before you're jumping in. Yes. When you're in a meeting, one of the things that I do is as people are talking, I will um, make notes mm. and I'll formulate what I want to say in note form. Yeah. And then when they've finished, I'm in a better position to give a fully formulated yes. thought answer yes. rather than the rambling as I'm going, yes. trying to think it through. Yes, and in taking notes of what triggered your particular thought, you're able to attach it to their thought framework and give them yeah. the root, mu- root path of why you've come to a particular conclusion. Yes. So, And if you're in an interview posi- situation and you want to take notes... Warn people, I will be listening, but I need to take notes, and those allow me to really um, focus on what you're saying, so the person doesn't see the top of your head and feel that they're rejected. (laughs) So what I would say to you as listeners, please let us know how you're getting on. What are your particular bugbears about listening or being heard? And remember, they're two very different sides of the same coin. How do you feel when uh, when you feel you're being ignored? Because for me, so much of our self-worth is about being validated and, and feeling that we have been heard, yes. even if people don't agree. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, we're going to finish. Um, it's Gina Gardner here. I'm a, a number one international bestseller. My latest book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment, is available as a free digital download from the website www.genuinely-u.com and we'd love to know what you think of the show and if there are any themes you'd like to cover. So Rachel has written The Point of Me which is available on Amazon and you'll find all of my books on Amazon and on the web- website. Thank you so much for joining us on Passionate World Radio. This is your Passionate World Radio host Gina Gardner saying goodbye and take care. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. 
Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.